1: you once again for tuning in to Spiritual Insights. Today we have a fascinating guest. Our guest today is Lee Papa, author of the exciting new book, The Temple of All-Knowing. It is her extraordinary journey from the depths of despair to the union of mind-body-spirit. While trying desperately to navigate the tumultuous life experiences she was experiencing in the first decade of the millennium, especially in the, the first few years of that, she had a near-death experience that changed her beliefs her perspective, and the entire trajectory of her life. In this journey, she transitioned from a successful member of the real estate industry to her true calling as a speaker and holistic entrepreneur, which led to the formation of the Ganesha Center and the Holistic Referral Network, a network of holistic practitioners who provide assistance using numerous healing modalities, not only for the individual, but she helps corporations as well on her side of things. She conducts business from the heart with elegance and wisdom as she supports individuals and groups on their path to spiritual, emotional, and physical well-being and self-realization. If you would like to review her websites while you listen, visit leepapa.com, and that's spelled L-E-E-P-A-P-A, and GaneshaCenter.com. Welcome to the show, Lee. It's fantastic to finally have you on the air.
2: Charlotte, thank you so much. I'm, I'm very happy to be with you today.
1: Oh, thank you. I'm just glad I had an opportunity to read the book. Um, And I'm extremely impressed with the book. You have so many remarkable nuggets of wisdom interwoven into a story that could not have been easy to tell. And it was inspiring. It was was very inspiring. So I want to tell the audience, if you need a little inspiration, even if you're mildly curious about... Near-death experiences. Get this book; it will take you on a wonderful, wonderful roller coaster ride, shall we say? A little little inside joke about the book. I wanted exactly. to start. Yeah, right. I wanted to start with um, number one. I, it's a fascinating journey to take with someone when they when they put a memoir like this out there, but especially when it's filled with such honesty. So, I want to talk about the cathartic process of writing the book and how it's helped you. Wow,
2: uh, great question. Thank you. Um, it, it is extremely cathartic, and, um, and I have to say it took a long time to write it, four years. And my guidance was pushing me stronger, stronger, stronger as the time went by that it was necessary to write it. But, you know, you, you write a memoir, and it's like you're standing naked out in the world. Yes. So uh, it's a very transparent um, accounting of my version, and I want to be very clear about that because everyone has a different perspective on what is going on for them. And um, I have to give a shout out to my ex-husband because um, he was brave enough to allow me to write this book. And and, and what I mean by allowing, he gave his support to do it and uh, be able to give this story exactly the way that I felt it and um without any kind of um sugar coating.
3: <laughs> mhm.
2: So yeah, it was um it was a four year process but um it's like a birthing a very large baby. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a four year gestation period. <laughs>
1: mhm. Yeah, it, you really have to it becomes You have to allow it to become your focus, and and it does take over your life. But yes, I I think your husband, um, your ex-husband, created a great space for you to grow, and that is that's to be cherished. And I understand how that feels because that's how I now have a radio show. So it's it's exquisite. Yes, it's all about relationships. Everything about relationships.
2: Mm -hmm. Everything exactly. Mm Mhm.
1: It starts with our relationship with the Creator, our relationship with ourselves, and everything else is affected from there with everybody. And you, you go through your, all these different relationships in the book and how at, at, towards the end you say how they were reflections of you. But let me, let me get to some preliminary questions first. You are a healer. Sure. What type of healing methods do you use because you went from real estate – to this awakening to where you went and studied for years. Tell us how you studied and what you studied.
2: Well, uh, Reiki was uh, the the um, initial launch of that uh, coming through me, and it is detailed in the book about how that happened. And it was just when, when I opened up to receive Reiki, it was so powerful i just couldn't believe and for your listeners i'm sure they, they know what reiki is it's universal life force energy it comes through your crown chakra it is not your energy it is being channeled through and out through your hands and when it first activated within me i could i was just walking around with my hands up in the air you know like it was like I, how come everybody <laughs> doesn't know about this because it was just so powerful and so incredible and i wanted anybody that had an ailment you know, I was ready to you know, touch them. You but, were hands-on. Um,
3: <laughs>
2: I was. Come here. Let me do this. I was at, a, at a, um, a court hearing, and there was somebody sitting next to me with a bad knee, and it just took all I had not to just say, "You know, you want me to do something about that?" I can um, do that. <laughs> but the truth is, you yeah. When you use the term healer, um, I usually kind of wince a little bit. Only, and that's my own uh, tweak. Not for anybody else, but for me, I use the term um, uh, vibrational um, uh, practitioner. Um, I try to stay away from the term healer because for me, it's a way that I keep ego in check because yes. it is not me doing it. I mm-hmm. am the vessel. I'm the facilitator. Um, I'm the channel, and um, and I have this extraordinary. Um, gift to be able to do this for people. Now, that does not mean that I'm any more special than everyone else because everybody has that gift. Everybody mm-hmm. has the ability to channel energies and um, and it's just, listen, if I can do it, anybody can do it. So mm-hmm. I think it's it's just incredible. So Reiki is the foundation and I love it because it's so powerful and yet so gentle and that, that it's instant gratification because by the end of the day, people feel it and it shifts them within a very short period of time. Mm. So that's when you take Reiki as a, you know, as a, for your own self-healing Reiki 1. Um, Reiki 2 is about becoming a practitioner. But um, I've done many different modalities over the years, and I had the ability to do that um, because it was, it was my business. I, I started a spiritual wellness center, and I would have teachers come in and whatever, you know, Jazz me, I would say, Oh, I think I'll check that out. So, you know, became a theta healing practitioner and, and added that layer. I took some shamanism classes and, and added that layer and I mm-hmm. do want to state that does not mean that I'm a shaman. Uh, a lot of people will um state that they're a shaman when they've just taken courses and, and that's not um that's not accurate. But
3: mm-hmm. all of these
2: tools that you receive um are just, you know, tools on your tool belt, your spiritual tool belt and And basically, you you use them until you don't need them anymore. And so what I've kind of moved into is um, I I call the work that I do transformational advisory work and um, vibrational um, healing practitioner. And uh, whatever frequency comes through me, because they are like radio, you know, stations on a radio um, that you're tuning into a particular maybe pop or jazz or blues, well, these frequencies are the same. You're just tuning into a different frequency that comes through you for the highest and best for your client. And I basically mm. get out of the way. And then, and then intuitive uh, guidance comes through with my with my team, <laughs> my mm-hmm. neurophysical team. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that's, you know, we do, you know, talk. And as the client is starting to um, express their whatever's going on for them, their energy, I can start to see their, their energy and which chakras are having issues. And then I get drop-ins, um, like uh, intuitive drop-ins from my guidance of where, where the issue really lies. You know, because we're <clears> that <throat> proverbial onion, peeling, peeling off all those layers, right?
1: Peeling the onion, exactly. I really like <laughs> what you had to say about the vibrational practitioner as opposed to healer. I totally get your take on wanting to keep the ego in check by avoiding those lofty labels, I call them. And like you said, yeah and
2: and you know, and clients w- want to you know want want to show their appreciation, and so they'll say oh you you have done that or i've I've been depressed for twenty years, and this is the first day, just one session that I feel amazing, or um, you know I haven't cried in for all these years about the loss of my parent, and this has allowed me the release and and so there are a lot of testimonials, a lot of testimonials and and um, and, I, and they what it does it. for me is it right. Well, I I always prep <laughs> prep my clients ahead of time that that it isn't me. But me. you know there there's a vibrational match for my clients and myself that I honor. That I know is it's a vibrational frequency and that's the frequency that I am and it's a match. And so that is that's phenomenal. Mm. Um. But you know, I, I did a, a meditation class the other day and um on, on Sunday yesterday. And it was fantastic and I just so enjoyed being um with this group and um one of the gals said this is um <laughs> I, I should have saved myself a lot of money in therapy because in this one class she was <laughs> able to release things that she she wasn't um she hadn't been in years. Mm. So you know people yeah get drawn to you as a practitioner or a class or an instructor or whatever, and it's always right. It's always perfect in the hmm
1: And you say, you know, if something I say doesn't resonate with you, that's okay. Leave it to the side and Great. think what does. And that's what we should all be saying um, because not everything will. And I like the way you put it in the book. You said maybe it's not for you. Maybe it's for a neighbor. But you can right. still, you know, take note of what was said and what came through in their presence, which on some level has to be for them as well. Went through you went from the real estate industry and then the economic collapse took place. And then the housing bubble Wasn't and all that. that. Fun. Right. Oh my god. Well, I, we were in the construction industry at that time. So it infected us So um, you know. I do know. It affected us terribly. And our, we lived in a small town in central Florida called Ocala, and it quickly became like a ghost town with businesses boarded up. We had to move to Orlando. Then there was finding a place to live, uh, changing industries. Uh, doing all, we're okay now, but it was not easy. But through all of yeah. what you went through, you, you went and you, you had that first wellness center, and that grew into the Ganesha Center. Um, and that got really big, and you had it for a while, but um, tell us what's going on with the center now.
2: Oh, wow. So, um, so we after the near-death experience, I, uh, it opened up an intuitive channel, and my guides started to basically direct me, and I would honor the guidance, and I would um, trust it and move in the general direction. Uh, not uh, not blindly always. I mean, there were some times that there was a lot of fear around that because mm. it was during this collapse, financial collapse, and it's, I didn't have any money to do some of the things that were being asked of me. And um, sometimes I think that the non-physicals have no concept of money <laughs> and what is needed <laughs> on the right? third-dimensional plane. But um, So I was guided to open this center, and I, I opened it uh, with – uh, two rooms in an executive suite, and I wouldn't call it a center because I just thought I don't know if this is going to work, and I wanted to fly under the radar, and I I just called it Reiki by Lee. I did a DBA, doing business as Reiki by Lee, and um, and off I went with um, you know doing a, a Reiki practice, and then another room for classes, and two rooms became three, became four, six, eight, twelve, thirteen in an Mm. executive suite, and so I just kept taking on another space and another space and another space. And with this extraordinary help from, uh, people just showed up. I mean, Charlotte, it it was just the most amazing, fascinating time of spiritual expansion. You know, I was trying to take on everything myself in the beginning, and it was overwhelming, and the message came very clearly as I, you know, was crying my eyes out at midnight trying to figure out how I was gonna do all of this and mm-hmm. my baby was at home and my elderly mother and my then husband and um and I just heard, you know, ask for help. And that was a huge lesson for me because I had always um it it was ingrained in me to take care of myself and you'll always be welcome.
3: So I hear you that you in your
2: own way, you you do yes. it yourself, you don't count on anyone and, Don't ask
1: for favors. and so asking
2: for help was just huge and hard. um and yeah and and but those around me at the time would tell you that I got really good at it yeah <laughs> asking for help then became like oh my gosh I need help
1: and um yeah, so we had a uh, really cool experience yesterday and I said my god I got over this well you know I I, <laughs> I wanted to buy something so I contacted the company and I said I need a little help can you help me? And they, they took yeah. me off. Oh, and I needed it. I there really needed go. it for the business. And they were, yeah, we're happy to give you a 50% discount. And it's, oh, you, you're like, oh, I get it. And it. You know what I mean? Like once you get over that, that self-limiting belief, well, which goes so It's pride. Yeah, it's
2: pride. It's a chip on your shoulder. It's whatever you want to call it.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, But it,
2: it doesn't serve us. And nope. so it certainly didn't serve um, the needs of what I was being um, asked to do because this was not about me. This was about um, the the work and the center growing. And so my um, my business partner, my now business partner um, and and friend, showed up uh, for a little gathering. I was having a little open house to introduce my two little faces. And um, Paul Eisensee is his name. Shout out to Paul. Hey Paul. And um, he oh. showed up and he just said. Um, he said, You know, this is amazing what you're doing and if you need any help I'm here for you and I'm a fell on the floor because he used the exact same words that my guides had given me the night before. Mm-hmm. Asked specifically for the help that you need and I said I need help on nights and weekends and then he said, If you need help, I'm available on nights and weekends. So, um, nights and weekends very quickly became full time and yeah. um and we we just, you know, went off and uh and along with oh, my gosh, people just came out of the woodwork to support mm-hmm. this effort. They could feel the vibration. They could feel the work that was being done, just showing up, um, beautiful, beautiful souls. And, um, and they supported the center wholeheartedly by volunteering. Um, Charlotte, I can't tell you, I mean, just how humbling it is to see people just show up and, and be present and whether you call it SEVA or, or volunteering or giving of themselves,
3: Mm-hmm. Um, but
2: they they saw it for what it was, which was a gift to the world. Mm. And even though we were in Las Vegas, the frequency that was being um, emanated from there is something that reaches everyone. Yes. And, and so the two rooms, you know, became the 13 rooms. And uh, about, I think it was about a year prior, I was hearing that we needed a particular uh, Well, I knew actually from the very get-go that we needed to be a particular size by 11-11-11.
3: Right. And it
2: needed to be big. And Mm -hmm. I mention um, mention in the book uh, Sharon Bridwell, who just is an an extraordinary medium and intuitive and teacher, just beautiful Mm -hmm. practitioner. She's in Florida quite a bit. And um, she's in the Carolinas. Well, she's amazing. And she was a gift to me as a guide, and mm-hmm. she channels her great grandmother, and um, a great grandmother gave me such beautiful guidance during this, these early days.
3: Yeah, and that so was great. So she said,
2: "Stop asking, stop asking me, because you can do it yourself." <laughs> okay. And, oh, now um, stop yeah, it. So, okay. Uh, yeah, no more asking. You can go and it. do it yourself. Um, so um, I, what she had said to me originally was, um, if we gave you all the information of what this was going to become, um, you would implode because you would not be able to fathom how it could be done. No. And so um, there were many days that I, I felt that, um, but with the love and support of many, 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 many um, we grew to six thousand square feet in our in our own space, not in an executive suite, but our own con- you know continuous space. We mm-hmm. had a cafe, we had retail space, we had a great stage area, uh, huge classroom. Um, we had uh, practitioner space, and,
3: mm-hmm. and just it was
2: extraordinary, just absolutely beautiful. GaneshaCenter.com still holds the pictures. Just the vibration of it, you can feel it. And um, and then about a year. Um, I would say about 2013, let's see, what are we in, 14, 2012, I started uh, hearing from my guidance that we needed to go global. And I'm like, okay, well, we're not profitable. How do we go global?
3: Uh-huh. This was
2: definitely a la- labor of love, and um, this was about raising consciousness. Right. And we are shifting, as you know. We are evolving as a species, and, and this was part of the play. And um, mm. so I'm thinking, okay, how do we go global? And, you know, when you get this guidance, then your 3D mind kicks in and you start noodling and trying to figure things out <laughs> in a third-dimensional manner. You're like, oh, yes. I'm going to go down this avenue. Oh, that imploded. That didn't work. I'm going to go down this avenue. Oh, that, I hit a brick wall. I'm mm-hmm. gonna, you know, So there was a lot of that happening the last year. And then um, I gave it kind of one last-ditch effort with the yeah. team. And we put on a, um, a fundraiser and I just said to my guys, okay, I, I, just, I can't walk away from this physical brick and mortar without knowing that this is exactly the direction we're supposed to go. And so it was loud and clear that we were to close the brick and mortar that that time had already done its job. And in that five, five years, we produced over 4,000 classes. Tens of thousands of individuals came through there and were touched by that center. And exponentially, you can imagine the amount of people that it then touched. And I still get uh, calls and people running into me and saying, oh, my gosh, Ganesha Center um, changed my life. Mm-hmm. And that is rewarding beyond, um, you know, beyond compare. And it's why, why we did it, you know. Paul and I would look at each other or others that were part of the center that were donating so much of their time, um, good friend Brenda and her husband Jeff and so many others, so many others, yes. um, that just, you know, we would say, this is why we do what we do. You know, this is the legacy. This is what we did. And so when we closed the physical center, it was about people really um, – finding their own center internally. And it was a way for us to go global through shifting this effort to the Holistic Referral Network. The one uh, website that you didn't mention is HRN, which is joinhrn.com. And that details um, what the Holistic Referral Network
1: is all about. Sorry for that oversight. joinhrn.com. Okay, I'll be sure to reiterate at the end. Um, I, I have something important to mention In listening to you and then in my observation um, in reading the book, how we we just said how hard it was to open up our mouths and ask for help because for whatever reason we taught ourselves to be self-sufficient and there's a pride thing and that kind of thing. But you go from guidance saying ask for help and you sat with that for a day and then Paul, your partner, he says if there's any help you need and that kind of eased it in for you. And the next thing you know, you have all these volunteers. But I think it's important for anybody else who has an experience like we did where it's difficult to ask for help because of the way it makes you feel on the negative side of the emotions. But we have to allow other people an opportunity to contribute to the big picture in whatever way is meant for them, whether via contract or learning experience. Wouldn't you agree? Isn't that an interesting perception? Oh,
2: uh, absolutely, and, and I, I would say that it also robs people of an opportunity. So typically people I have found, um, those that struggle with asking for help, are, are usually big givers that they want to, you know, yes. if you ask for help, they're on it. You know, they're providing help mm-hmm. and, and um, you know, helping people move or whatever it is that somebody needs. Um, but you rob them of that opportunity to give if if you are always the one giving and not not receiving. And so it's just like money, (laughs) whereas there is a reciprocal energy. It's always moving. And if it's only going one way, then you're out of balance.
1: Uh, Yes, absolutely. And you have to receive. You have to be – I find with my clients, I see it in terms of splitting the heart down the middle and the right side gives, the left side receives. So you're right, the biggest Mm – Givers are the ones that are difficult, who have difficulty in receiving, but we have to practice both to, to strike that balance. Yes. Yes. And I one thing I wanted to mention, um, that Lee did all this in the city of Las Vegas, not far from the Strip. And in, from what you put in there about the energetics about Las Vegas and the energies that are emerging and that attracted all these people to the Ganesha Center it actually inspired me to visit Las Vegas for the first time because I have no interest in that negative energy whatsoever, other than maybe Celine Dion and Tony Braxton. But this made me want to come <laughs> see the spiritual side of Nevada, shall, shall we say it that way.
2: Well, when I was first um, walking in this, uh, on this path, I wrote an article called uh, Las Vegas Sin City or Soul City. And I really believe that uh, there is, something beautiful everywhere. You just need to have the eyes to see it. And um, Las Vegas has a very strong spiritual community, very strong. And it, it blew me away, and it's, just, it's grown um, exponentially over the last you know, several years. And there are many uh, centers now. So even though we closed Ganesha Center, there are many people that, that were going to Ganesha Center that opened their own place. And so that need is met in a really big way. And, um, and that's part of the HRN, part of the Holistic Referral Network, is that the one thing that we did at Ganesha Center is that we vetted, you know, all of our practitioners' providers. What I mean by vetting them is, is that, you know, not, not everybody that wanted to be under that umbrella um, was able to, to part, you know, be a part of that. And, and not in a separateness way, but because there was a, um, a conscious decision of wanting a level of quality, um, professionalism, and, um, and, and really to keep that, you know, because in the spiritual arena, you can get a little woo-woo, right?
3: Oh. And you know what I mean
2: by woo-woo, right? Yeah. So And not saying anything wrong about that, but that was, not, that was not my path. My path was to take, kind of bridge spirituality and science, which I really am passionate about,
0: and mm-hmm. take
2: the stigma and the woo-woo away from um, mysticism, you know, away from, um, yes. uh, you know,
1: beads on the windows, you know. Yeah, um, bring it so down to the ground. We, like, down um, to earth, cool people to talk about spirituality with. Not airy-fairy. Oh, and, airy... and
2: professional, yeah, per- professional yeah.
1: and uh, and grounded. Very important. And so, yeah.
2: um, so we vetted all of our providers, and we had very high quality. One of my favorite... Um, one of my favorite testimonials or, or reviews was someone said, it doesn't matter what Ganesha Center is doing, I know that I'm going to get a good quality you know, class or, or service or session. Yes. And that felt amazing. And so we are bringing that same concept uh, globally, market by market through the holistic referral network, through the HRN, by mm-hmm. vetting providers and practitioners within each market having a team leader, a director in each market that will oversee, you know, the, the monthly meetings and, and vetting additional practitioners. And, uh, and you know, we really built it based on the chopstick story. Are you familiar with the chopstick story?
1: No, I don't think so.
2: Um, I, I'll probably butcher it a little bit. I'm not great at telling or retelling stories, but okay. um, it's a little parable, a parable about uh, the difference between heaven and hell and, um, someone came to a master and said, Master, tell me the difference between heaven and hell. And he said, well, I'm going to take you there. And so he took this person to hell. And there was a you know, long, just a, such a long uh, table, as far as I can see, both ways. And on the table was all this amazing food. And there were all these people wailing and crying and, and, um, and you know, it, near death. They all had six-foot chopsticks attached to their arms, and they couldn't feed themselves. So here was all this beautiful food laid out for them, but they couldn't feed themselves. Mm -hmm. So then you go to heaven, and you have the exact same picture, but they're joyous, and they're full, and they're happy because they're feeding each other.
1: Each other, okay. And so
2: we, yeah, so they're feeding each other, and as soon as you stop feeding someone else and you go to feed yourself, you you slip right down to hell, right? Right. So the idea is that the HRN is built to, to, as a win-win for everyone and to feed and nurture holistic wellness. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do that also through the affiliate program. So it is a membership program. You, as, as a member, you pay an annual fee to get access to these vetted practitioners and providers within the holistic arena, and there are about, oh, my goodness, about 30 different modalities. Yeah, um, from naturopathic to holistic dentistry to uh, therapeutic massage and energy healing, and it goes on and on and on.
1: Holistic and they would, re,
2: and, yeah, and uh, yeah. herbologists and essential yep. oils, and um, and and we also have an expanded membership that gives you the more esoteric uh, providers like shamanism and past life regression and intuitive and psychic arts. Right, and so they have access to those providers that have been vetted. At a discount, we contract for a discount, a minimum of 15%. Uh, sweet spot's about
0: 20%. And then
2: they have access to free classes, introductory classes that would be free to HRN members. In addition to that, as a member, they can become an affiliate. And if they uh, refer someone who becomes a member, then they receive monies back on their membership. Excellent. So it's a win-win-win win
1: for everyone, yeah. It is. I had mentioned to you um, prior to the show... Um, what I started as a community of support with the radio show in mm-hmm. the past four weeks, which have been amazingly transforming for me, I realized it's it's not a community of support. It's a community of co-creation. So I've mm. established a campaign to offer free advertising to small businesses um, and all this, you know, because when, when you give, you receive. So in order to receive, yeah. if, if we really want to take – um energetic law and the law of attraction if we really want to use it to our best advantage the best way to get what we need is to give what we need to someone else and it's instantaneous i've seen it time and time again and I i just want to say i totally uh am on board with vetting every practitioner i do that with the show we we talked extensively and i evaluate every guest as to their level of groundedness this the um the information they want to share, the way they present it, and I, we just click right away. You know, so I do yes, the same I thing did. for the show that you do for your network, and this is really great. Yes, uh, I think it's important. I, it is important. I need to protect my listeners, you know, and yes. you you need to protect people. In that we we selected the best the, with the best skills and the professionalism, and we trust these people, and we recommend you do as well. And they'll, they'll find the right yeah. person for them.
2: Absolutely, and, I, and a lot of folks get into the healing arts because they need healing, and um, and that's, we all need healing. let's just face it. We all, you know we're all on path, so we, we all need that kind of process, whether it's meditation or energy healing or um, um, you know, learning how to breathe properly, you know? mm, very um, cool. and so. What is important for me and what I also saw at the center is sometimes you get really excited when you're on path and you start seeing results, whether it's intuitive results or healing results, and so you want to keep taking more and taking more, and you want to certify yourself about the (laughs) yin-yang, and now you're a master of all these things, Uh but you haven't integrated one bit, and the integration is just so important Uh, that you are giving yourself the foundation for that healing before you start working on other people. There's a, you know, there are ethics involved in working with individuals. There's, um, you know, guidance involved. And um, not just because you have a certification means that, you know, that you should be working on people. You know what I mean?
1: Are you walking Um, your talk is the the the, basic the foundation of this. Are you walking your talk? Did you do the work? which would put you in a position to guide other people to do the work and you, you see where they are in, on that path because you've been there. It's important. Right. Yeah. Well, it's I have a couple. It's oh, all go good. ahead. No, no I, had, I said it's all good stuff. <laughs> oh, it's all good. Yeah, I'm sorry. I have just a couple more questions, and then I want to take a short commercial break, and when we come back I want to dig into the book. Um, okay, I good. want to be. I want to make it clear for the audience and that the – Holistic Referral Network is a network um, for which they can sign up for a low annual membership fee. And it is a, a network of holistic practitioners, M- too many modalities to name, but it's all energy work, EFT, uh, Reiki, Theta Healing, uh, Neuro Linguistic Program, all, all the way to yoga. Um, there are, you have access to pre-negotiated discount rates when you contact one of these practitioners who are all vetted professionals. Um, you can refer a friend, um, and that offers a deeper discount. The affiliate program is established, offers income potential, and you have access to free or discounted educational classes. That is, and and the philosophy, um, tell us a little bit about the philosophy, and then I want to ask what you're doing for the corporate world.
2: Yeah, um, well, I think I went into the philosophy where we talked about the chopstick story, and um, and that it really okay. is a support system for the individual to, um, you know, to, to take the the um, um, the guesswork out of finding a very good practitioner and and a resource for that at a discount. But okay. I also have to to be clear that um, this is market by market, and so we are open in Las Vegas. We launched in Las Vegas. In, I mean, it was April. And, um, and now we're going to be opening in the Los Angeles area and Phoenix. Right now, you can join Phoenix directly, and we're going to be uploading the Los Angeles uh, 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 market. Excuse me, the market um, within probably the next week, and um, and then we're going to. We've already had many people contact us saying, "I would be very interested in being part of the network in my market." Whether it's Pennsylvania or San Francisco, Seattle, Lee, San Diego, um, but we're really trying to do this uh, in, a, in a slow uh, run so that we are have a strong foundation in the development. Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. if anyone is interested in in uh, being a provider in their in their market, to please contact me via Facebook or through the website. Lee at leepapa.com is is fine as well. Um, as that you can still join the Las Vegas one and have access to certain people like Sharon Bridwell. She does everything on the phone. So you have access to her at a mm. discount. Um, I do energy work um, over the phone. Um, okay. We uh, have a, a plethora of people that do this you know, more Internet-based or, or telephone work. So you still have access and you can still join the Las Vegas one. Now, the beauty of that is because we launched in Las Vegas, Las Vegas, it is a discount. So instead of 185 for all the other markets for the base membership, it's only $9 for the year. There's Perfect. a one-time setup fee for $25. So if you wanted to join and jump on now, when we yes. open your market, you would still already be a, a member. There's no additional fee for going into an additional market. So if you okay. are vacationing and you're here coming to Vegas, then uh, you wouldn't pay any additional fee to use the services here. You would just have access to it, or if you're going to go to Los Angeles or to Phoenix. Fantastic. Does that make sense?
1: It makes cool. absolute sense. It's all buttoned up. Okay, no more questions in my mind. Other than um, let's <laughs> talk about occupational stress and what you're doing for uh, the workforce in your unique way.
2: Well, um, I think more and more uh, holistic wellness is becoming uh, a, a mainstream item. You know, you can read um, any of the newspapers or news feeds online and you're going to find something that has to do with nutrition. Um, meditation is a hot topic right now in, in the news. Um, one One thing came recently during a meditation. A friend brought it and there was an article that was talking about Uh, If you meditate, you take years off of the look of your life. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. you know, if you are an avid meditator, you could take off five or ten years off of how you look. And it um, it, is just, it is. It's a a brilliant de-stressor, just releasing the tensions from your body. I mean, I can't say enough about uh, meditation and and just quieting oneself. There's so much mind chatter. And um, because we have access to so many, different providers, Um, like I'm going to be doing a workshop for IMEX, I-M-E-X, that's coming to Vegas in October, which is the um, conference for meeting planners. And I'm so excited about that because now we, it's like, (laughs) I always call it infiltrating. You know, we're infiltrating corporate America with holistic wellness.
1: You know, one of
2: our taglines is, is wellness inspired living but it's wellness inspired living and working and when you shift Hmm. your perspective and you um, elevate your frequency by doing uh, energy healing or sound therapies and meditation um, then you have you've changed your perspective about your work it is now not about working we have this we have this preconceived notion our perception about working is drudgery when we can shift that we are you know it's play i had an amazing uh, channel with master saint Germain, who is just oh, amazing
3: Love uh-huh. him. Yeah, and
2: um and yeah he's so present right now on our plane and um and he said you know um, that we need to shift our concept about work that it's, that it's play and when we do we um you know we we are more inspired we're healthier, we're happier, we're more joyful, we're more productive. Um, I had a client say to me, I just got my, my review and um, he went through my Reiki class and um, I just got my review at work and um, my, my boss was just so you know, astounded at my numbers that you know, I, I've done better than I have ever done at my job. And, and uh, he said, the funny thing is, is I, didn't, I didn't pursue any of these people. They just came. And I went, exactly, because he had shifted to the the trio of transformation, being in balance, call it the trio of transformation, body, mind, spirit. When you're in balance, all three, then you are navigating in the slipstream. And when you're navigating in the slipstream, you are just being pulled along with ease and grace with your life. And and that is our natural state of being. We fight every step of the way. Why do we do that?
1: Well, we're going to talk about it. We are... Yeah, Yeah. we're going to get into that and and the unique words that you've come up with to describe certain um, energetic dynamics of life. So let's take a quick commercial break, and we're going to dig into the book next, okay? Terrific. Thank you. Okay. All right. Don't go away. We'll be right back right after these messages.
0: The odds of a young girl being discovered by an industry insider while singing to herself pumping gas? One in 300 million. The odds of the daughter of a clergyman from Severn, Maryland, spending 11 weeks at number one on the U.S. singles charts? One in 19 million. The odds of going on to win six Grammy Awards? One in 1.4 million. The odds of selling over 40 million records? One and eight hundred thousand. The eyes of this musician and performer having a child diagnosed with autism. One in eighty-eight. I'm Tony Braxton, and I encourage you to learn more at AutismSpeaks.org/signs. Early diagnosis can make a lifetime of difference. Autism Speaks. It's time to listen. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Explore new areas of interest, expand your knowledge, and gain clarity about your life's purpose at the Ocala Inner Center. Affectionately known as OIC, the Ocala Inner Center, just two blocks south of Town Square, offers workshops, classes, healing meditations, and special events for the Ocala, Gainesville, and Central Florida spiritual community. Check out our calendar of events at OcalaIntercenter.com. And if you're looking for a place for your next workshop or seminar, go to OcalaIntercenter.com and give Gene a call.
1: And we're back. We are here with Lee Papa, author of The Temple of All Knowing. And we're going to talk about her near-death experience that changed everything. Um, Lee, who did you write the book for? What what was your intention in putting this out and giving it to the world?
2: Well, the, the guidance was that this is the time. This is the time and the information in this book needed to get out to the world and so in my preface, I, I say that the book is for you, is for you and you and you and you and you. <laughs> so mm-hmm. everyone that's listening and, and everyone that, um, you know, I, someone said to me about the book, wow, so many things happened to you before the near-death ex- experience. So, you know, the challenges with my elderly mother and the the less than optimal marriage and the car accident with my ex-husband and, and you, know, the, the, um, uh, you know, just so many variables. Yeah, And New baby. I said, I think it happened, right, I think it happened because so many people would be able to resonate with maybe one of those things. So it's, it's everybody's story. It's every man, every woman's story in some capacity.
3: Mm-hmm. And so
2: I wrote it for everyone. And it is part of i guess my my legacy that um that I was able to to produce this to get it out in its its um, humble form to um, give it to the world
1: well, I'm glad you did because it really gave me a lot to think about in my circumstances and um frequently on the program we talk about um, in particular two thousand eight on with this um, Mm -hmm. really rapid rate of um, transformation and change, Um, people leaving the planet, you know, everything was just so hard for a lot of people. And uh, everybody is only almost, just in the past year, able to breathe a sigh of relief. And you really went through it. Um, But then you started receiving messages from spirit. Let's start there, and then I want to ask about your near-death experience, but you were really in the thick of it and had all this stuff going on, moving, your mom moves in. Tell us about when you started receiving messages from spirits that you, once you listened, you were able to navigate these other outside experiences.
2: Well, that really didn't happen until uh, after the near-death experience.
1: Oh, really? So do you want me
2: to... Yeah, I mean, I... I um, I try to connect. You know, I joke about it right. in the book that um, that I, you know, for me, trying to meditate. You know, I'm um, Virgo, self-proclaimed control mm-hmm. issues you know, previously. Well,
1: right. <laughs> and, well, I um, want to start there because I want people to hear the message of how it changes when you listen to guidance before I go into the actual wow experience. Does yeah, that that's why I asked that. First. Um, yeah.
2: Yeah, no worries. I'm. I, I just want to make sure that I'm going in the flow. Um, so, you know, like the like I wanted to say about the meditation before, if I would uh, try to meditate, it was just that I was trying to meditate. Everything was a push. Everything was, um, you know, I had to make something happen. So, you know, the room had to be perfectly quiet. Uh, the the cushion had to be the exact one that I wanted. I had Condition. an altar set up. I had my statues. I had, you know, the incense burning. The perfect background music. If, if if I had music, otherwise silence. You know, there couldn't be any noise at all. And then maybe 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 if the stars were aligned, I would eke out you know 30 seconds of a meditation. Right. Um, and so that process, uh, I was grateful for it. I'm grateful for all of all of the um, the things that have happened because now. I understand so much more on the other end of it. Um, it is in the allowing. (laughs) It's not in the pushing, but it's in the allowing that is is the the key is the key to everything. And, um, so I, I definitely had a connection with spirit. I, I was born and raised Catholic. I believed in God. My mom, uh, was really a, a devout Catholic and, and completely devoted to the blessed mother. And, um, I remember once in the book that she had said to me, you know, who do you pray to? And I thought it was a trick question. I'm like, God, you know, who do you pray to?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, she prayed to every, every saint imaginable because she didn't feel worthy enough to go direct. And I never, I never even conceived of that, that, um, you know, my communication, even as a Catholic, was always directly. But what's shifted is I always looked outside of myself for that connection. And um, and so begging and praying for something um, versus, you know, where what my connection is now. So although I did receive communication, if you will, through inspired thought, um, through maybe just uh, prayers being answered of what my perception was, it was nothing like the communication that I now currently have and what,
1: I had past the near death experience. Right. You went from quote unquote normal to this by way of your near death experience. <laughs> okay. So go ahead. I just I kinda wanted to set that up that way. It's in- the new normal. <laughs> this this is the new normal. This is not new age. There's nothing new about it. This is no, and it's, it's so, ancient it, wisdom. It is. And it's so cool to be able to talk about this with people who who have similar experiences or different experiences and just be able to talk about it and not feel funny because well, your mother.
2: Sorry,
1: what, if, what, what you're what? saying,
2: though, is really, really important, so I want to focus on that a little bit, if you don't mind. Sure. About being your authentic self, and it mm-hmm. is just, we've hit this tipping point. I remember the early days um, of being, the past the near-death experience, but having the center in the smaller capacity and not really being able to feel comfortable outside of my little cocoon of this center because things were happening and we, were, we had our own dialogue, our own words that we were using, that when I went out into the real world, quote, unquote, quote, um, mm-hmm. people would look at you, you know, like you're crazy. And it was really important for me to come clean with myself, to be transparent and, and say, you know what, I had this near-death experience and I, it opened up an intuitive channel and um, I get channeled messages and look, look at me, I'm still normal. You know, yes. the, But it was important to step forward in that and that's also why it was important to write the book because mm-hmm. so many people are having extraordinary experiences and they are keeping them inside because they're afraid of what people will say about them or judge them. Right. And I'm here to say that there are thousands and thousands and thousands, probably millions of people that are having these experiences and, um, and that and have no it is the new to. normal. It is. is the new normal, and and that these senses, whether you are seeing beyond the veil or you're seeing energies or you're seeing auras or you are channeling or you're getting psychic information or you're empathic or all of that, these are natural born senses that we have. This is not for the gifted few. This is who we were and who we're becoming again. So it's just so important to get that message out that – um, you know, like, like through radio stations like yours or your program, it's so important that people have a place to uh, gravitate to, to say, oh, okay, mm-hmm. this is community, this is where I resonate, this is this right. is the new normal.
1: Yes, and I have so to sorry point out if I, if I, that, no, you're fine, that was perfect, um, but I have to point out, like I said on the phone, I didn't get a chance to tell you about them, but I mentioned that there are a lot of parallels between you and me in our lives. You know, we both grew up Catholic. Um, We had relatives, even though they might have spoken softly about it, but we had relatives who believed in esoteric topics or reincarnation long before that was an accepted concept, especially in in a a Catholic home. And then we branched out, we did this, we did that, but the, the interesting similarity that makes me smile, and this is very important, when change is upon us, and we have to trust in the process because what happened to you with having to close the, the brick and mortar Ganesha Center so that you could expand and go globally with the network happened to me in that my meditation classes and I teach a course of miracles and I channeled Jesus and he and I he was saying you know change is coming and okay great but I really didn't I was just having fun with my classes. Because so many interesting experiences were taking place in that room with angels and different things, and then the number of students started to dwindle, and I started to worry. And I and I, like I mm-hmm. tell my students, if, if you, the minute you're worried, you're out of control. And so I tapped right. in and I said, you know, I don't understand. This is 2010 and 11, by the way. I said I don't understand. Um, depending on this for gas money and you know utility bills and and whatnot. And he says, I've been trying to tell you. The small classes are holding you back. I need you on a broader platform. So the minute I said yes, which you go into in the book, the minute I said yes, I'll do it, all this fell into place and the yoga center immediately closed. And, I, and I, laughed, I laughed as I locked the door for the last time and blew it kiss <laughs> right. and said thank you. And I said, I get it. I, I've been around this block enough times to know that something really big is about to happen, and it was the show. So that was another similarity that I got to kind of go through with you as I read the book. But, um, so let's dig into what everybody wants to hear about this near-death experience. So why don't you go ahead and, and share the gloriousness of that.
2: Oh, it is glorious. Thank you. That's
1: something well, was great. it was, um,
2: it was uh, September 6, 2008. I left my body. And it was not by any, like, car accident or or horrific disease. It was my words. And um, my words were toxic. My words were creating at every moment of every day. And it was based on the circumstances that I had created in my life. And and externally, you know, like, uh, I didn't... I didn't create the real estate collapse, but I certainly was you know, a part of the industry. And so I continually wallowed in it, and I pushed against it. I was going to make all of it work, whether it killed me or not, is was my mantra. And mm-hmm. I literally said those words. I'm going to make it work. I'm going to make my husband healthy. I'm going to make my mother happy. I am going to make this business work. And, um, and you know, the universe just gave me exactly what I asked for, yeah. which was, um, <laughs> which because was, you okay, you're going to make it worth whether it kills you or not, let's give that to you. I call it the universal chess yeah. game. I can just see them all up there, you know, moving all the people and the places. And,
1: Absolutely. So, you resisted um, so. what you did, and you found out what happens when you resist. <laughs>
2: Absolutely. And, and you know, I was sick all the time. Anything that came down the pike and I would say that, oh, oh, you're sick. Oh, don't get near me because I'm going to get it. Well, of course I would get it. And um, I had something like every other week at, when it started getting really bad. And uh, I ended up with a started with an upper respiratory condition. And my uh, husband at the time, had decided that he needed to go to a Vipassana meditation, which is noble silence outside of of, uh, the state. And I just feel like it was beautifully orchestrated that he wasn't there. And um, my mother, who was always, always kind of underfoot, wasn't anywhere to be found. Um, My son, I was very young, three years old. I was so ill that I, um, I didn't even know where he was. And I could feel my spirit drifting. I could feel it just going and I had a little trepidation, a little fear of, oh, my gosh, um, I'm, I'm dying. And, um, and there was a, a split second of, you know, wanting that relief and still worrying about my son. And so um, I, I got to a phone and, and contacted my girlfriend. She came to pick up my son. And as soon as he was safe, um, I went to the light and it was extraordinary, and it is where we come from. It is where we really truly live, and um, I was met by uh, two light beings, so I was a sphere of energy, this white sphere of energy, and there was no apprehension of not having a body. It was very freeing and liberating, and it was, um, as you started this segment, thing about the roller coaster I describe it as like getting off of a really great roller coaster you throw your arms up in the air and you're like "Woohoo! that was a great ride but no I don't want to do that again you know I want to go home and that's what it felt like I was so ready to get on the light train home I was ready to to be done and um, I was in the light it was the brightest whitest light lightning strike white platinum white. It was just extraordinary. And then these two light beings came from the distance, coming closer and closer, and they were moving in and out of form, so sphere and then elongated to like like human form. Mm-hmm. And although we were all white light, there were varying degrees of this white light. And, um, and as they greeted me, um, it was very um, – it appeared to be very purposeful what they were there to do. That these were not – like loved ones that came to greet me or they weren't saints or or ascended masters that came to greet me or angels. Um, These beings felt like it was their job to greet me. And uh, we had a communication where we started to go through. um, I didn't have what I've heard other people call it life review, and I have not really read other accounts of other near-death experiences purposely because I just didn't want to... um, you know, kind of taint what my experience was in any way, right? And so, um, so we went through a really a relationship review. Whereas my consciousness would get flooded with a particular person, and I would feel this extraordinary love. And what what we think of as love here is just it, it's it, you, we might as well not even use the word um, because it is just it, it pales in such comparison. And um, so, just extraordinary love, and and just the ah, uh, you just you know explosion of love, and the wisdom and the knowledge that you gained from the experiences with that soul. No attachment whatsoever to any situation or or to the person themselves. No mm-hmm. attachment. So you know, I, I felt just this extraordinary love for my husband. And, um, and the wisdom and the knowledge I gained from the experiences, and then the next person would come, and the next person would come, and, and as if it were purposeful, of course, they left my son to last. Mm-hmm. Again, extraordinary love, but the frequency was different. It was softer, and I just had, you know, I was filled with um, admiration and, and appreciation for the experiences that I had as birthing and and being this little one's mother and afterwards I was like okay let's go I felt no attachment to that soul like you do in third dimension so it wasn't like oh oh I need to get back and be his mother or oh if I if I die my husband's going to get remarried or you know there's none of that none of Mm -hmm. that judgment and and none of those prickly bits that we do here in third dimensional land. None of that. Just love, yeah. wisdom, and knowledge.
1: They actually had and, to convince um, and,
2: you. Yeah. Which so I, was, I thought I it was great.
1: They're, they're trying to convince her. She's <laughs> not getting it here. <laughs>
2: I'm like, I'm ready to go. Let's go. Like, Let's oh, go home. Maybe not. no. no. Maybe not. <laughs> they wanted me to know how painful it would be for this little one, um, this soul, to lose his mother at such a young age. And I'm like, no, he'll... He'll be fine, he's an old soul, his dad's a great dad, he's really attached to his dad, it's gonna be good. Um, and and so the last ditch effort the other thing is that they said, you know, you have free will and it is your decision whether you stay or you go. This is an exit opportunity and you can take it. And I was ready. And they said, But we want you to feel what he will feel, what this soul will feel at the loss of his mother at such a young age and with that this wash came over me, my being, my energy being, my consciousness that I describe in the book as like um, shards of glass ripping through your soul. Yeah. You wouldn't wish this kind of pain on anyone, much less a child, for about eight months after the near-death experience. I couldn't even tell that story without sobbing. I mean, it was just yeah. the emotion was just so deep. It choked me up. Um, yeah, it well, it was just it was so deep. I mean, it was a you know instantaneous. I was like, okay, basically you win. Um, and so the deal was, I come back to be this little one's mom until he doesn't need me anymore, and um, and to do the work of the light and and to listen to my guidance and act on it. And so here we are. Yeah, and I feel very very lucky that um, I get to spend the rest of my days. Um, mothering this extraordinary being that his name means bringer of light <laughs> and um, <laughs> and that I get to do the work of the light. I know what my dharma is. I know my life path and, and so many people don't and so I feel very blessed that I, I know what I get to do the rest of my life and, and it will it'll change in varying degrees but I get to write books and I get to do speeches and I get to share inspiration and um, and help uh, I feel very, very lucky. Yeah, I, I feel
1: very lucky. I wanted to bring up the after effects of um, a profound shift that took me. Of course, you come back different, and we'll talk about that in a second. But I, um, I've experienced this as well. I have not had a near-death experience, but I've had other experiences where I had the after effects that you had with your near-death experience. So I kind of wanted to illustrate those for the listeners and explain... <laughs> what's happening in those in those processes and i like the uh your friend in the book uh called it a residue um i just called it i just call it the after effect wherein colors are brighter you say in the book how you stood up and stared at the door with such joy just as you looked at the doorknob and the hinges and i could tell i I knew exactly (laughs) what you were thinking like this is beautiful and it was but but for me, I, the oxygen was, I could almost see the oxygen in the air, and it was real crisp and colors are sharper, and everything is just different. And go into your experience and what you've learned. Um, and I also like that your friend mentioned, it, it goes away in about two weeks. You better start journaling, which is yeah, very and true. Yeah, it did. It, and, yeah, and it, it does.
2: Well, so basically I, I came back. I sat up in bed. I was, you know, I was near death. And, and yet I sat up and I was about, you know, 95 plus better. And, and yes. at first I was calling it a fantasy of death because I didn't know what the heck that was. But I was in a stupor. I was just, I was sitting up and everything just was extraordinarily
3: beautiful.
2: And, um, you know, and my room was lovely, you know, decorated nicely, but it wasn't, you know, extraordinary. <laughs> but I could see the extraordinary beauty in everything. And so, um, you know, coming back, I it opened up an intuitive channel for me and it opened up my heart chakra in such a big way. And uh, I understood uh, the wisdom that came from that, which is that we are spiritual beings having a physical experience to bring back this wisdom and knowledge and love back to source energy. Yeah. And that we are one. I use the analogy of the ocean being... God, source, creator, spirit, divine, whatever name you want to give, because it's all the same. You can call it Joe, for all I care, because it's all the same. And mm-hmm. um, if you use the analogy of the ocean being God and you take a cup of that ocean water, what do you have in the cup? You you have God. <laughs> you have ocean water. And that's mm-hmm. what we are. We are cups of ocean water. And so we are God sparks. We are we are part of this creation energy. We are one. Yes. So when we judge others, we are judging ourselves. So this mm-hmm. do unto others, you know, there's a lot of wisdom in that book they call the Bible
3: and mm-hmm. so many other
2: texts that have been brought forth um, because there is some, you know, manipulation there as well when, when man um, puts their flavor on it. But um, right. so we have free will. We come with a uh, with a mission, if you will. We come in with with what our plan is, or what we're going to learn while we're here. It is a playhouse. It is a schoolhouse. It is an opportunity to reawaken to who we truly are as spiritual
3: beings.
2: And um, it's um, so I, I came back with with a with knowledge that I didn't have previously.
3: Mm-hmm. and
2: an intuitive connection and ability to channel higher guidance. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that we're, you know, we, we take this third-dimensional journey um, by choice and that, um, that nothing is happening to us, that we are constantly creating it. Yeah. So when we look, you know, when we are looking outside ourselves, which I did, looked outside myself about, you know, as the victim of all these things were happening
3: to me. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: I went through an amazing uh, uh, set of, of lessons and I continue to uh, receive information on my path. I'm, I'm on my path like everybody else and I'm constantly mm-hmm. learning and expanding and in healing and raising my frequency so yeah. that one day um, I don't need to come back and do this.
1: Exactly. that and is
2: that's the plan.
1: And I I I feel guided to bring this up. Um, when something like this happens to you or you get to a level where you're up and talking in front of people and you're you're teaching and sharing, um, it's not that you stop learning. You still have to go in a step by step process. It is a, you're on a need to know basis, you get the guidance that you need in that particular moment that will best help you energetically prepare for changes and nothing more. You don't get details. And you, I took this journey with you in the book. Um, but we have to continually learn and apply what we, what we learn. And then you went through, um, you said, okay, well, now I have, I, I hear my antenna has been raised and I hear things now, so then you had to go and practice that. You had to... Right. Um, take that journey where you Reiki presents itself to you and then you get trained and then you need practice and so you called a well, bunch of people. And- it's a, yeah, it's an
2: evolutionary process. That's what we're doing. There's nothing more constant than change. One of, one of the uh, first channels that I received is with change comes transformation, be open to the possibilities. And I didn't right. really truly understand what that meant when it was given to me, but I certainly understand it now. And that is that there is, you know, we need to embrace change because that is where the growth comes. When we're holding on, when we have this vision board of things that, and, and, you know, what we want to manifest in our lives, and then we hold on to the old, we hold on to the denser energy, and we're too afraid to let go of what is known, then you're yo-yoing. But when you can give yourself the freedom of letting go and flying that, yeah, it's a little scary, but do it, knowing that you have, you know, the safety net of creator, spirit, source, and that you are able to let go, just like you let go of your your uh, yoga studio. I let mm-hmm. go of the brick-and-mortar Ganesha Center. And you are able to let go of these things because you know that the expansion is extraordinary. You are constantly moving in the direction of your yes. highest and best. Yes. And I um, love one of the, the other – go ahead, man.
1: Oh, I was going to say, I love that you know you would say with change comes transformation, be open to the possibility. That was your first transmission, and that's what you put at the top of Chapter 14, having to deal with changes and how to do right. everything that you're saying. It's fantastic. Um, do you have a few more minutes to spend with me, Lee? Oh, yeah, I'd love it. Okay, because there's, there's, you, you offer so much, and I really wanted to explore as much as possible. What I love about your writing is you, or, and your, your manner of expression is you come up with a word that is it's always I don't know sweet and it's filled with metaphor and earlier you had (laughs) mentioned like your guides uh, you call them non-physicals which I think is so cool in that you know oh my spirit guides are my guides my team I, I call them not to other people I call them my six because I have six of them and but that, I, there's a cohesiveness with them. Those are my six. But you also came up with a couple phrases I want to talk about. The first one is the colander effect. Tell us right. what the colander effect is. That's really cool. Um, the
2: colander effect is, um, I love food analogies. <laughs> so I you came like back food? Not okay. only for my son and, and for, you know, serving the light, but I also came back to eat because I, I just think it's, you know, amazing. The colander effect is um, so you're a spiritual energy being and you're inside this colander. And I always pictured like the Tupperware yellow colander with all the holes, the pasta colander. So there there are all these holes. As you awaken, as you raise your frequency through uh, meditation, going to classes, listening to radio shows like yours, uh, turning off the news and propaganda and moving away from violence and violent movies, and maybe getting energy work, and you're raising your frequency, as you raise your frequency, what no longer matches this higher frequency is going to fall out the hole. That's the law of attraction. It can't be any other way. So it is part of embracing the change, right? So when you are walking this path, people say, "Um, oh, well, you know, you're not friends with that person anymore, or I don't resonate with that person anymore, and why is that? It's because you no longer are in that frequency. It's not a judgment. You know, just like the blues station doesn't judge the country station, it is just a different frequency. Yeah. So you are on a different frequency level, and so what no longer is at that frequency level is going to fall out the holes. And the beauty is that now new frequency things are going to be attracted to you, so you're going to let go of limiting habits, limiting talk, um, you know, maybe it's a job that is no longer in frequency with you or, or relationships. And I yeah. always say this to people that are in relationships, whether it's husband and wife or partners or whatever, that a, a lot of times, even if you're doing this work alone, I love it when partners um, do this work together because, oh, so extraordinary what you can see in their expansion. But when you're doing it alone, your, your relationships may fall out the hole if they mm. don't or if your partner and you are in alignment then your partner is going to raise his or her frequency to match yes. yours they're going to say oh look at you you're you know you're much calmer now or you're much more joyful or playful um, mm-hmm. what are you doing or i want some of that or you yes. know they're going to start making shifts or listening to youtube's with you or listening to cd's or mp3's with you and yeah. all of a
1: sudden, they're going to raise their frequency to match you. So that's the calendar effect. And, and that's the law of energy is when you make changes within, the people around you change. So if you want to change somebody yeah. outside of you, the best thing to do is look within. But I, I thank you for bringing up the news and getting away from the news and the violent images, which you, when you get to a certain point, you can't, uh, you, can't take the, you can't process the energy that comes off of that and be right. comfortable. And it's very uncomfortable. Um, So thank you for bringing that up. And I also want to add that in every new beginning, there are endings. Some of them are minors. Some you might perceive as major, as Lee said. Maybe you're in a relationship. And if that person doesn't embrace raising their vibrational frequency, uh, an alliance of some form might end. However, like she said, you also bring in new people who now resonate with you at that higher frequency. Like, it might be some lady from Las Vegas who has a spiritual center and is out helping people, and you meet on the telephone one day, and boom. <laughs> you know what it, it could happen, right, Lee?
2: <laughs> so cute. <laughs> and yeah. then,
1: I'm clever. And then she sends you this really awesome book, right? And then she writes inside the cover, Dearest Charlotte, May You Always Know the Slipstream, With Love, Lee. So that brings us back to Slipstream. Because we're, what we're talking about is when you say yes to a, an urge from spirit or from soul level to do something or create something or to help others. And you say yes and you build it and they come like they all showed up for your grand opening at the Ganesh Center. And you said, all these people, yeah. you don't know where they came from. They don't either. They just felt the vibration and showed up. And that's all we have to do is show up and it all falls into place. And... Now I'm going to hand that over to you to describe what you call what you coined the phrase slipstream to describe the process of going with the flow go ahead
2: well uh, i I coined that early on because i and it was based on what I was feeling and I would get myself to a really great space where um you know my my sister would call it um uh, raining gold dust where every, you know, there's like, you can't do anything wrong. Everything is just falling into your lap and you just feel so good and you're joyful and you're playful and, and like the, your clients just show up and, oh, they want to pay you extra or whatever, you know, like everything is going your way, right?
3: Yeah, and And, your heart's open. Mm -hmm.
2: Everything is good. And then all of a sudden, something, you, something shifts and you're, you're, what I used to visualize is like a tumbleweed. You know, tumbling down the road. It's like you just get kicked off and, and you're, you're scrambling. And you know you're off and something shifts and then all of a sudden things aren't, you know, it's not raining gold dust anymore and, and that you're struggling. And then what happens is you mentioned it before, then fear creeps in and then things start, aren't working well for you and your car breaks down or whatever that is. So I said, I've got to find where this center is, where, where things are are easier. And I got the visual of of the slipstream, which is basically when in car racing, you have the lead car and then another car is going to come right up behind it, like almost like dangerously close behind it, and it's going to uh, slip. It's the slipstream. There's the drag that comes with that other car, that first car, that pulls the second car with ease and grace, with less effort, and the same with, with uh, airplanes, same slipstream. Mm-hmm. So you use less fuel, you get pulled along, less effort. So when you are in balance, mind-body-spirit balance, trio transformation, you are in the slipstream and you know you're there because you're joyful and you're peaceful and you are laughing and you're smiling and your eyes are twinkling and things are just going your way. You don't have to stand in line at Starbucks. You get an extra coupon. Um, I was, I was um, in line at uh, 31 Flavors getting ice cream for the kids, and the, the guy in front of me starts chatting, and there is a feather on his back. I could not believe it. This happened last week. There was a feather on his shirt, and I said, excuse me, there's a feather on your shirt. And then um, we kind of laughed about. I said, "Are you an angel?" You know, and we kind of laughed about that. And he says, "Oh, do you need a coupon? I have a two-for-one coupon." I'm like, "That is the slipstream, baby. That is when yeah. things just joyfully happen for you, and you're watching yeah. the signs. I call them markers, and you see the markers of the synchronicities in your life, and yeah. you are
1: you are actively living, and you're aware. and And I want everybody to take notice in their minds as they hear Lee talk. I want you to take notice of the absence of resistance because in the book you discuss how what you resist persists, but when you're in the slipstream and you're in that process of allowing and accepting and evolving, it really is a lot less, there's so much effort that let
2: go baby. Just let go. Let the
3: the
1: flow happen. And it flows and it really does. And you're peaceful all like, the majority of the time yeah you have your ups and downs but every day is productive and joyful without judging yourself and beating yourself up and it's just easier it's a, it's just such an easier way to live don't you think
2: it's it's the way that we're supposed to live and exactly. we've
1: we kind of mucked it up but that's
2: the way that we're supposed to live and you know and when we stop resisting and when we think that this is our only lifetime you know this is this is not. There's no death. So uh, when when we realize and understand the the light and to know your yourself on this journey as an unending resource of conscious energy, uh, mm. you you just things just start opening up for you. You start re- receiving the freedom and the liberation of the way that we're supposed to really live right. joyfully
1: Lee, with love think... in our
2: hearts. And
1: yeah. But do you think with everything you went through a lot? I mean, we didn't even touch on some of the trauma and drama that you went through. It's in the book. You have to read the, read this book. It takes you on such a journey, and I and I really got to take a good look at myself in a few places too, and dig deeper and forgive a little more. So that was fantastic. But do you think with everything you went through, would you change anything?
2: Oh, not one thing. Not a thing. Not one thing. Not one. That's
1: that's the destination. That we, she, that we all need to reach for, to get to a point where we can look back and say it's okay. I I don't want to change a thing. I'm okay. That,
2: well, because there yeah, there are gifts in absolutely everything. There are. Every experience, every experience are gems, wisdom and knowledge that we're gaining, and everything that happens is a direct reflection of you. So mm-hmm. uh, why you know you are perfect and divine. We're each. Just beautiful emanations, God sparks. Why would we want to
1: change that? Right. In in the book, and in in what you're doing now, in with your business, you say you do business from the heart. How, talk about that and how you do business from the heart, because it's very important. Well, um,
2: you know, it's not a it's not a formula. It's <laughs> it's you know, we've been trained to do everything from our head, and. um, I, I would joke early on, I would say, you know, I, I have no memory. <laughs> My memory is shot. And I said, it's because I'm just living so presently in the moment that the past is, is meaningless and the future is unknown at the moment. So just uh, navigate from the heart and, um, and, and just be. And when you see everyone as one, when you see everyone as a love connection then that's where you're navigating constantly. So it's not only about doing business from the heart but it's you know I think we are we are reaching a tipping point of consciousness where we are evolving like I said and that we are looking towards conscious businesses. You know um we were joking early on before we got online that that um uh, you know, doing, having an attorney that's an, a conscious attorney is not an oxymoron. It actually is. I have a conscious attorney mm-hmm. and, um, and they are doing business from the heart. So they yep. understand the connectedness of all things. Like my ex-husband, financial planner, he is a conscious financial planner. And, you know, you're breaking the mold of what people expect and how beautiful that is
1: yes. because we, we are the new norm. Yeah, and we're seeing this across industries like um, science and spirituality are blending in the forms of doctors and psychiatrists and people who would normally argue and say that dreams don't mean anything. And now people are getting onto the bandwagon, so to speak, or coming around to the truth of it. And now they're integrating spirituality in their businesses and operating from a whole new level of being. And it's really, it's got the most beautiful ripple effect. And I think that's where we're all headed.
2: I absolutely agree, and that's honestly our next stage of HRN. So we're starting with the um, the modalities, the holistic modalities, and then we're expanding into conscious businesses. So we look forward to this network being global and connecting each and every
1: one of you and,
2: and uh, shifting our evolution in a big way. You know, heaven on
1: earth. Right. Well, keep me in mind, because Um, I don't don't know if you read any of the information about my show. I do small business Mm -hmm. spotlights, but I will only do a spotlight after I evaluate the person based on their level of integrity and their level of greed. But if they qualify for a segment, I will do a small business spotlight highlighting their business and talk about their journey and how they govern their business on spiritual ethics and promote them, you know. It's it's especially helpful if they have a... um, functional a website and they can ship or consult on a national at a minimum level but that was part of my goal in doing this is give a global voice of exposure to reward people's hard work faith and discipline very important and i dislike the idea of helping someone buy their third vacation home by shopping at a large (laughs) store when you can contribute your pure your precious energy and put it in the direction of someone who is working so hard and as scared as we were, and I say we should go out find those people and reward them with the energy called money for their efforts and because they're putting out quality work and because they did their homework and they're doing their thing. They're listening to spirit. That's part Good of the job. mission of the show. Thanks. So Absolutely. keep in mind if you, if, as you meet people, tell them I am a, a possibility. Um, I wanted to mention about your journey in the book, With everything that you endured and everything that you had to kind of wade through, the murk and and stir things up and and do the work and forgive and all that stuff, you did a lot of soul searching, but you found that soul searching brings clarity. And you had to learn to go from personal and subjective to objective to get to the truth of what you were experiencing. Um, And there's a part of the story that's especially poignant because you really got to know Um, the people in your lives at a deeper level and in an effort to understand you had to kind of let go of preconceived notions and things you were used to Um, what would your advice be for anyone who has to let go of something huge in their life or shift their perception about someone that they felt they knew what would you suggest to get on that path what do you think
2: well, um, you know, I believe it's easier to make any decision, you know, to when you are navigating from your instinct, when you're navigating from your internal guidance and your heart, um, you don't have to make decisions just like um the my divorce, we we made a conscious loving decision to to transform our relationship. You know, when you talk about different perspectives, whereas in the book I wrote about how when I, I told people that uh, Didier and I were um, changing our contract, basically, um, they were, oh, I'm so sorry, or you shouldn't do that, but everyone has their two cents, right? Everyone wants sure. to um, tell you, you know, oh, you can't do that, you have a child, or you shouldn't do that, or whatever. Um, but it's
1: self pity, and they're you, trying to prevent somebody from experiencing what they themselves feel, and if they don't get it. Well, it changed. was, it's yeah. I mean, it's
2: all about your own internal journey, your your knowing of yourself, and their, um You know, I said, please don't, please send love. If you want to say anything, just send love, because we're okay with this. We wanted to be better expressions of ourselves apart than. Miserable and and you know prickly together,
1: <laughs> right,
2: you know, and so we're we're great friends now, and we're fantastic, and we co-parent uh, an amazing child. so I guess the advice is to um to also step out of yourself and be the observer in your own play when we get so attached to outcomes, that's when we get into trouble, yeah, so I would suggest that you you create. You go inside, you quiet yourself, you get yourself to the gap of nothingness, and that's a beautiful place of creation. And create the, the broad strokes of the life that you want, joyful, right. um, loving. And when you do that, then you don't have to put anybody in that place, so like by changing someone. Right. Does that make sense? So instead that of make- going... You know, it, pushing the responsibility. Oh, that person has to be different. But go yeah. into yourself and in your own programming, and um, and change your own patterning and create the life that you want to lead um, with, you know, with joy. Okay. Well, I have be to stop the you right
1: there. I have to stop you. We have thirty seconds. Thank you so oh. much. We could we could do ten more segments and we could just talk and talk. <laughs> but everybody, go to lee papa dot What? I just want to say thank you so much. It was so much oh, fun. I told you we were going to have a blast. We'll talk more because <laughs> there's more we need to build together. GaneshaCenter.com, Leepapa.com, and JoinHRN.com. Go check out all three websites. This woman is amazing. Um,
3: do oh, come back you. again,
1: and I'll talk to you very would soon. I would love to. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Until next time, God bless, and be at peace. Fantastic. Bye-bye.
2: Bye-bye.